Welcome to A Brief Chat. It is Monday, the 12th of August, 2019. I'm Jason Crane. Very happy that you're here. I'm also very happy to welcome my guest for today's show. She is Liz Waters High, the general executive board member of the IWW, uh, one of the co-founders of the Freelance Journalist Union. Liz, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time. Thanks for the invite. I'm totally excited to be here. I first learned about the IWW around the same time that I first learned about labor unions, which was in the late 90s, I guess, mid to late 90s. And around the same time that I went to this organizing school uh, run by the AFL-CIO, I also joined the IWW because although I knew if I was going to get a job in labor, it was going to be with some big union, I was pretty excited about what the IWW seemed to have been all about. And I went to a gathering, this is probably a 98 or 99, and, you know, it was, to to be fair, primarily middle-aged white guys kind of remembering the past. And it didn't <laughs> seem all that vibrant and exciting to me. And I kind of lost touch with the IWW. And then in recent years, I looked at things like the Burgerville Workers Union and Freelance Journalists Union, and it seemed like the IWW was actually starting to do real organizing, and in many cases, organizing constituencies that largely aren't touched by the big labor unions, the kind for whom I've worked for a lot of my life. It seems like a pretty exciting union again, and like a, a collection of people who are able to actually make a difference on the ground. And so I wonder if my perception of it kind of meshes with yours and, and maybe uh, just your take on what the IWW is nowadays. Sure. So the IWW is a non-hierarchical worker-led labor union. So it makes it a little bit different than a lot of unions. It focuses on teaching workers the skills that are proven direct action tactics that get results. So we don't have organizers that will go in and organize your workplace for you and take care of your negotiations. We have organizers that will coach you and teach you how to talk to your fellow workers on your job and teach you, you know, how to be strategic and make decisions that work for your workplace. Um, so we're not a service union like a lot of the bigger business unions are, and we all typically have a shared value system and vision for being an anti-capitalist union, which is clearly defined in our constitution and the preamble of the constitution, which draws in a lot of labor activists and is uh, one of the more famous preambles and constitutions of the labor movement. Can you paint a little picture for folks of where the IWW came from? I mean, it's, it's a very long history and we can't fit it all in in a show that's this short, but can you maybe give an idea of how the IWW got started, because it is it is a story that's very unlike a lot of the labor unions people know nowadays. So the IWW was founded in 1905, and it was a large group of anarchists, socialists, and labor movement folks that came together to basically discuss what was missing in the labor movement. So there had been unions at that time but a lot of those unions weren't organizing with women. They weren't organizing with people of color. They were very craft oriented. So the IWW formed in order to take on organizing with everybody else. So we have a history of having women founders, people of color that helped found the union, organizing with those workers, organizing with undocumented workers and immigrant workers. And basically the workers that the bigger unions at the time 
had no interest in organizing with. And that's a tradition that we have continued to work on today. We are still, you know, organizing with the workers that are left behind by the traditional unions here in the U.S. So we do work with undocumented workers. We are working on digital organizing to help workers that don't have a physical shop, physical workplace, such as the Freelance Journalist Union. We are organizing with people that are termed as independent contractors and kind of navigating what is, you know, an independent contractor, sole proprietor versus an actual employee and how is that workplace and type of employment changing now since the gig economy is becoming more and more popular. So that is something that we still apply to our organizing today and we try to continue to be innovative in how we organize and who we organize with. One of the most recent big union organizing jobs I had began with a conversation with its uh, executive director for the region that I was in. And this is one of the largest labor unions in the United States. And he showed me this long slideshow and the kind of the cornerstone, the the climactic part of the slideshow was an empty boardroom table in like the classic, you know, Gordon Gecko mid 80s greed is good kind of boardroom and it, you know everything is oak and mahogany and so on and so forth but there was nobody at the table and he pointed at this slide and he said we're trying to get more of our people at this table and I turned to him we were sitting in a very small office kind of horrified and I said I said is that what you think the purpose of labor organizing is to to get more people to have decisions in the evil that this table is largely creating. And he was kind of so shocked that I asked that question that it just, our conversation just derailed immediately. There was just nowhere to go. We had no common ground about which to speak. And that to me is still one of the most attractive things about the IWW is that the, its aim does, is not to just get workers a larger piece of a poisoned pie, but to actually think differently about, you know, how we allocate resources, how we manage our social communities, things that a lot of unions just aren't even thinking about these days, in my opinion. I'd love your you know, response to that and feel free to disagree with me. Uh, no, I absolutely agree. The IWW in general has never been about getting more seats at the table. It's about breaking the table. Um, we want democratic workplaces, first and foremost, but we also want a different system that you know, is fairer for everybody. Like the ultimate goal of the IWW is very clearly stated in our preamble and constitution, and that is to abolish the wage system. So we're not interested in just getting a seat or two at the table and having a little bit more say. We want a completely, you know, revamped system. We, we want worker-led, worker control workers to be able to determine how they're allocating resources and time, what projects they're working on. So it's it's much larger than than simply just having one or two people at the table. So I'm a, a little surprised that, you know, a large union, that would be a goal. I guess I'm not entirely surprised, but it's just so kind of off kilter to what the IWW's bigger picture goals are that I don't think... Uh, a single organizer in our organization would say something like that. <laughs> yeah. 
I would hope no organizer would ever, but I've also worked for enough big unions that, you know, <laughs> I know what the reality on the ground about that is, unfortunately. One thing I really want to learn about is the IWW's organizing model and how it differs from that of the big unions, many of whom take on these kind of national campaigns where they go after an entire company at one time all across the U.S. Uh, Liz, can you come back tomorrow and talk about how the IWW organizes? Yeah, definitely. I'd love to. That's Liz Waters Hyde, a general executive board member of the IWW and co-founder of the Freelance Journalists Union. Uh, Liz, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Tink and File. I'm Jason Crane. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jason D. Crane. You can find out about the show at abriefchat.com and become a member at patreon.com slash abriefchat. I love you. A better world is possible. Beep.